Casting debut. <laughs> it's romantic. He's a bubblehead and deserves to die. Ski. <laughs> One day I'll get my comeuppance. Today we are going to be going over season six, or excuse me, no, season seven, episode 15. Correct. Uh, what's the name of that episode, Brent? Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Oh, thank you. I didn't even write down the, the title of it. But Part one. Uh, Brent will be doing our recap today. Um, would you... Uh, would either of you guys like to hear a couple of the other options I had for the intro? Oh, yeah. yeah always. Sure. Okay, sure. I thought about introducing Brent as coffee gives him the trots. Mm. Uh, <laughs> although he drinks, and he has coffee I've in front of him right common. now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know about the trots per se, but I think yeah. that it is uh, a bowel yeah, lubricant. Yeah, stimulates Yeah, there he goes, stimulant. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably better than lubricant. <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the lubricant you use on your bowels is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought about introducing Brent as uh, they don't call him Harold Goldstein for nothing. <laughs> and then I considered introducing Ski as a, a he showed me how to thump a melon. Mm-hmm. Um, but Long time ago, though. You yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do Pro a, thumper now. <laughs> I have a couple, uh, or I'll at least give one listener interaction. Hey. Um, do you guys have anything before I do that? No, no. The listener interactions are my favorite part of the episodes. Yeah, I enjoy them a lot, too. Indeed. Um, now, we actually have from two different people that we have never heard from oh, before. Oh, nice. Two brand new listeners. Greetings but and thank you. Long-time listeners, first-time commenters. Uh, perhaps. Um, I'm going to go ahead, though, and sparse them out between the two episodes. Okay, so. that's fine. So if you don't hear your name this week, yeah, tune then, in next week. Exactly. And if, actually, if your spirit's not been crushed by my recap. <laughs> based on both of these people, yeah. they appear to be working their way from the beginning. Oh, nice. So they may be a months away, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how you know how quick they burn their way through. But. Yeah, Should yeah, we yeah. apologize now then? Or <laughs> well, they're they're getting through the bad part now. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. gotcha. To me, if they've made it up to season two and they're still with us, then they have only good ahead of them, at least <laughs> better ahead yeah. of them. If they've made it past the season yeah. one, episode twenty hump, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's barely a hump. Um, mm-hmm. It's more of a bump. <laughs> yeah. such a it was an one. attempted hump, if you will. Right. <laughs> but uh, we have a, a new listener named uh, Ajnath Ka- uh, Ka- Kabir. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, this uh, listener said that they just finished season two, episode three, mm-hmm. and uh, you said again that you get no comments. Um, <laughs> Can't stand by any longer, and so here's my comment. Uh, they said, <laughs> we are great, and they're glad. I'll just read it from yeah. their perspective. You're great, and I am so glad you started this podcast and kept it going. Listening to you is a pleasure. It always makes my day. 
and I love your sense of humor. Oh, nice. Oh, and now nice. I, Thank now, you. But now I have to watch more episodes um, of our beloved show so I can turn on your podcast tomorrow. Fortunately, there are a lot of episodes ahead waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Mitting greetings from Germany. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so I replied, and I just said, it's always exciting to hear from an international listener. Your words are too kind. Thank you. Um, if you're listening, if you're liking us so far, I can assure you that we get even better. Not a lot better, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marginally better. Right. We hit a plateau, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting to hear from a new person. Um, yeah. And it's always exciting to hear from an international person. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Or an old favorite, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I would be so happy if uh, Numi ever sent us another message. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm afraid Numi moved on mm. to greener podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't blame her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, Sometimes life just gets busy too, you know. Yeah. But I am thankful for those that have continued to send messages to Same. us throughout. And so, yeah, definitely much. so, yeah. More so for those than those who have left us behind. Correct. For sure. Looking, <laughs> at, <laughs> looking at you, pick me. <laughs> I am much more grateful. It'd be crazy if he was like a completely loyal listener, like since episode one. He's just like, man, I can't believe you'd say that. Right. <laughs> I'd like to think he's in full body traction and his families are playing the episodes for him, but he right, just like, he has no way to react. It'd, it'd be like. Late in season seven, do you have any last wishes? Mm-hmm. Please play the podcast. <laughs> season one, episode one. Exactly. One last time. I, I had a, a question, I don't know, and I had just inserted pick me into the question okay. um, <laughs> that I wonder what you guys would think. Mm-hmm. If, uh, you know, let's say pick me mm-hmm. builds up his podcasting empire okay. and, and he poaches me. Okay. okay? Uh, but he makes a deal. He gives me a, a contract. Okay. Now, this contract is going to pay me what I make in my job. Okay. Um, I'll be doing more podcasting or whatever, <laughs> but I'll be able to leave my job behind. Okay. And, You're saying when this happens, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yes. So, But it's not something where I'll be like wildly rich or anything Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Just a middle-class creative. Yeah, exactly. Um, but part of it is that I have to leave this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the You're deal. exclusive. Yeah. Um, now, before the season ends, <laughs> we won't say before the season, and I'm going to say like six episodes, maybe ten episodes before the whole series ends. Okay, and we're like that close to the end, <laughs> yeah. and he poaches me at that point. So, first question: if uh, if that happened, would you finish out the series still without me? If I was like, with my blessing, I'll hand over the you know mm-hmm. all would, the information for you to upload episodes and whatnot. Yeah, would you do the actual editing and uploading for us? I, I can't do anything with it. All I can do. <laughs> It's handed over. Like, I have a, uh-huh. a very ironclad exclusive gotcha. contract, but I can't help you in any way other than just giving you the keys. Gotcha. Um, oh, also keep in mind, too, that at this point, we will have banked six episodes, okay. and I'm only allowed to give you two. The other four I have to destroy. So you have to re-record four episodes, gotcha. plus plus record four more episodes for the first time in order to finish out the series. Gotcha. Yeah, I probably so. You still go ahead and finish it out? Yeah. yeah. Well, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I was wondering. Would you be joining me? Uh, yeah, I, okay. if you were down, I'd totally be down. Okay. I mean, honestly, if you were saying the other thing, I'd be gone with that too. I was like, well, I'd want to do maybe one farewell episode. Say, I Alan just, was just, unable to leave or continue yeah. with us. <laughs> so let's talk shit about him one last time. Right. <laughs> Due to union dispute. Uh-huh. <laughs> Exactly. I don't want to tell you exactly what happened, but let's just say if you check the maps, there's a blue dot on his house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I had another one, a follow-up to that. Let's say that, not that situation, but we have two episodes left. We haven't recorded them yet. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just one. Maybe it's literally just the finale. Yeah, yeah. 
um, to announce it, uh, the you know the winner or whatnot. Yeah. And I die. Okay. Now it's it's a normal death, nothing uh-huh. odd or anything. Um, obviously at my age, I mean being forty four, any death is unexpected for sure. But it's mm-hmm. nothing that's untoward, um, just like a heart attack well, or something like that. Well, depends on who you pissed off. Yeah, right. it could be expected. Yeah, <laughs> your murderer would <laughs> be totally expected. Yeah. So do you go ahead and do the last episode in my honor? Yeah. Okay. Now, what if it's something far different than that? Let's say that I die and it turns out that I was part of a child sex ring um, <laughs> and I died in some sort of a horrible thing there and it's out in the news. They're like, podcaster yeah. Alan Bidwell died. <laughs> Is that what they would, yeah, yeah. That's that's your epitaph. <laughs> right. I think we did to a lot of things. One more just to distance ourselves. Oh. Like, we knew nothing <laughs> about any of this. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a gold girls, like, you know, corporate disavows. Right. <laughs> Like, you've always been a little reluctant to, you know, I think your feeling is if you ever say anything on here that's, uh, I don't know, could be held against you, you're like, you don't want a whole lot of identifiable information. Someone needs to work mm-hmm. to get it um, yeah. on you. Wouldn't it, That would be kind of funny, though, if that's the way that your cover got blown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because of my yeah. uh, terrible activities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so you're telling me, sir, that mm-hmm. you guys recorded 180 episodes of a podcast together, and you never knew mm-hmm. that he enjoyed the company of a child. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that what you're saying is behind that door there? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Little dungeon or the something. The whole time, <laughs> yeah, just going on eight feet away from where we're sitting. Be horrifying. <laughs> well, don't worry. I can I can assure you. I can't say that there wouldn't be anything untoward that could ever happen to mm-hmm. me, um, or <laughs> or any skeleton that would ever come out. Although I can't think of any currently. That one will absolutely never be one gotcha. that uh, that is in the closet to come out of. Gotcha. So, anyway, all right. Well, um, that's all the I don't know. All the junk that I had to get out of the way to start the episode off. Nope. Not that the, the listener action was not junk. All of yeah, the extra yeah. That part was nice. Yeah, babbling was. So I enjoyed that part. So. And the other parts. Yeah, we're good. Forward ho. <laughs> Forward indeed. Good to hear. Yep. All right. <laughs> Golden Girls, season seven, episode 15. Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Goodbye indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you should say that after every sentence. <laughs> Uh, so the Artur theory generally holds that either a writer or a director is the primary author of a piece. While I'm usually on board with this, I think that, on occasion, someone else should be given sole credit for a piece's creation. For Season 7, Episode 15, I feel we should subscribe the Artur theory to actor and stage manager Kent Zbornak. From his behind-the-scenes work managing that stage to his on-camera work as Kent, he was indisputably the guiding force of this episode, and it would cheapen his legacy to even discuss anyone else associated with it. Anyone you want else to call indeed. that quits? Then that's our that's our episode. You what? You want to say? I mean, if you're if you're saying that Kent was the end all and be all, are we done now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight slices. Thank you, guys. <laughs> my, my MVP was Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this episode, Goodbye Mr. Gordon, originally aired on January 11th, 1992. January 11th is generally uh, the 11th day of the year. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Here are some additional details. Generally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to commit myself. All right. Could be odd things every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, so here are some additional details about January 11th that you might not know. 1569, uh, first recorded lottery occurred in England. Also on January 11th, 1569, the first recorded instance of an obscure relative showing up to ask for money. 
1755, economist, uh, politician, and long since forgotten Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton was born. Uh, fun fact about A. Ham. You say long forgotten? Yeah. You think he's really forgotten? When's the last time you heard of him? Alexander <laughs> Hamilton? Yeah. It's probably not long ago, honestly. Really? <laughs> what kind of circles are you running in? I mean, I don't talk to him personally, but I've heard of him many times. Really? How about you, Al? <laughs> I'm on board with Brent. I don't think anybody's spoken of Hamilton in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, maybe you guys are right. This, this negates my fun fact about the fact that he had beef with Aaron Burr. <laughs> so you knew this? I think I've heard about it. There was, I think, some kind of, uh, I want to say there's publications about this. I think Ski's genuine incredulity on that <laughs> entire line of, I mean, I don't know if he was just going along with it or if he genuinely was like, you really don't think anyone's <laughs> talked about Alexander Hamilton for a long time? Yeah. Like, there was a commercial where someone could need a peanut butter sandwich and they talked about him. It's <laughs> a good commercial, honestly. Yeah. It's pretty clever. Well, not a milk commercial? I'm sure people will comment if they have or have not heard of Alexander Hamilton within the last five years. Okay, fair enough. Lin-Manuel will let us know. <laughs> yeah, he's an avid listener. <laughs> he is. He is. All right, so 1759, uh, the first American life insurance company was incorporated in Philadelphia. Um, any guesses as to which was the first one? I don't know. Gamblers Anonymous? Is that a, you say it was an insurance? Yeah, life insurance company. I don't know. Was uh, Charlie associated with it? <laughs> no. I would go with American Family. Okay. It was the Corporation for Relief of Poor and Distressed Presbyterian Ministers and of the Poor and Distressed Widows and Children of the Presbyterian Ministers. That was my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find their mascot. That would mask. have been my first, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find their mascot, but I assume it was a gecko in a robin collar. <laughs> <laughs> How impressed would you have been if I would have just whipped that out without oh, any? Yeah. I, really <laughs> I would, would have, have assumed instantly that you had read it previously <laughs> on his thing. Yeah. Um, 1843, American lawyer, author, and probably the greatest songwriting one-hit wonder of all time, Francis Scott Key, died. Very nice, yeah. Um, That's eight, a fair assessment, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Um, 1861, Alabama seceded from the Union. Uh, they've since returned, and considering they currently receive $2.17 in federal funding for every $1 they contribute to the federal budget, I bet they're glad they did. <laughs> <laughs> it did work out well in their favor, I suppose. It did. Those suckers. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 1906, Albert Hoffman, the man who discovered LSD, was born. He died 102 years later in 2008, so let that be a cautionary tale of any kids you might be listening. <laughs> How long? 102. <laughs> Uh, LSD, it'll get you. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. He would have lived to be 104 had he not taken all that acid. That's right, mm -hmm. that's right. 102 years, that is a long, strange trip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 1908, uh, the Grand Canyon was finally recognized as a national monument. It only took them six million years. <laughs> uh, the Grand Canyon was continuously inhabited by Native Americans for thousands of years. The Pueblo considered it a holy site and routinely made pilgrimages to it. Of course, we consider it to have been discovered in 1540 because that's the first documented sighting by a European. So congratulations, Spanish explorer Garcia Lopez de Cardenas. <laughs> Good for him. It's always nice to find a big hole in the ground. Exactly. <laughs> so this is mine. I found it. Right. <laughs> uh, 
1912, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn leads a work strike for a group of immigrant textile workers in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, she'd inspire the Joe Hill song Rebel Girl, which doubles as the unofficial theme song of Sophia's Choice. You like to hear a verse? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's the rebel girl, the rebel girl to the working class. She's a precious pearl. She brings courage, pride, and joy to the fighting rebel boy. We've had girls before, but we need some more in the industrial workers of the world. For it's the great to fight for freedom with a rebel girl. That's pretty nice. I thought it was going to be rebel girl, you are the queen of my world. <laughs> <laughs> rebel girl, hike up your skirt and show the world. Yeah. <laughs> Very gentlemanly, right? Exactly. Uh, 1922, <laughs> Leonard Thompson becomes the first person to be injected with insulin. Also on January 11th, 1922, Leonard Thompson became the first person to not develop autism after his injection. <laughs> uh, 1924, 1924, blues harmonica virtuoso, and the man who taught a young Brent how to shake his hips, Slim Harpo, was born. Mm. Uh, 1926, television legend Grant Tinker was born. He got his start in the 1960s, developing I Spy, the man from Uncle Star Trek and Get Smart. In the 70s, he had the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rhoda, the Bob Newhart Show, and WKRP in Cincinnati. And in the 80s, he had Hill Street Blues, St. Elsewhere, The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, Night Court, and, of course, The Golden Girls. Uh, who was it that um, was having... Didn't do a lot, did he? Having a young <laughs> Brent listen to music from the 20s that was helping you shake your hips. Uh, <laughs> The Rolling Stones on their Exile in Main Street okay. album, they recorded Slim Harpo's Shake Your Hips. Ah, oh, okay, fair enough. So that's how I learned it. Wordplay, mm. Brent, he's yeah. known for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, what he's saying is true, so he just you know manipulates the uh, information to fit his needs. Well, yeah, it's it's clever. I like it. Well, thank you, thank you. They don't give these shows to amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They give them to people who have the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they award them to people who know how to manage their time. Right. Occasionally, somebody else squeaks through. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a perfect system. It's not. Still working out the kinks. All right. <laughs> uh, 1927, uh, Louis B. Mayer, head of film studio Metro Goldenmeyer. Um, announces the creation of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Uh, Seventy years later, You Must Love Me beat out that thing you do for best original song, and the nation agrees that the Oscars have lost its way. <laughs> uh, 1942, E Street Band saxophone player Clarence Clemens was born. Uh, 1964, the Surgeon General of the United States, Dr. Luther Terry, M.D., becomes the first Surgeon General to tell the nation that smoking is bad. Dr. Terry would also become the first Surgeon General to win the Sophia's Choice Award for Least Cool Person Ever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just read something that for the first time in the history of the country, Mm -hmm. there are less adults smoking. um, Like, we're at the lowest number, or lowest percentage of adults smoking ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, even prior to, you know, I guess way back when people... Over on Does that include flower. vaping, or is that off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm not sure. I, I hope it does, <laughs> but it did say adults too, which seems like vaping is. Well, I I, I I don't know if it's a countrywide thing, but I think at least for any Indiana uh, vaping, you can't buy a vape pen or anything until you're 21. Yeah, I think that's uh, becoming more and more widespread. But 
I'm just waiting for the hammer to drop on how bad that is for you. <laughs> I'm sorry that the Surgeon General took away your trips to Flavor Country. <laughs> 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 1968, Tom Dumont. Uh, the guy from No Doubt that's not Gwen Stefani or the Indian one or the one with the double horns haircut was born. Okay. That's the other one, yes. Yeah. Uh, 1973, Major League Baseball owners approved the designated hitter position in the American League. As someone who feels it's okay to only be good at one thing, I support the designated hitter rule. <laughs> what, what's your one thing? That I'm good at? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm still trying to find it. He just, oh, said, okay. he did, he just said he supports it. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I support it. I'd love to find one thing. That, that you were I'm, just great at? Yeah, exactly. I think you're good at a great many things. I just was wondering what the one thing that you would put on your yeah. resume as your number one. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. <laughs> and in 2013, famed party pooper Tom Perry Jones, the Welsh chemist who invented the breathalyzer, died. Oh. So you're railing against <laughs> the guy who said cigarettes are bad and you shouldn't drink while you're driving? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Not afraid to take the unpopular position. We know that. With any lucky, with any luck, this will get me a Tucker Carlson's old time song. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'll be rooting for you. I think you may have just won my MVP. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, you guys ready to get this party started? Yeah, you. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, we got our cigarettes and our alcohol, and Mm -hmm. exactly. You grease the wheels quite well. (laughs) Thank you for noticing. So the episode starts with a ring telephone. Uh, Blanche answers it, and here's a man ask for Dorothy, and then tells him that he's got the wrong number. Dorothy asks why she did that, and Blanche tells Dorothy that it must have been a wrong number. Nobody would want to reach out and touch her. <laughs> the, tel- the telephone rings again, and Dorothy athletically answers it. She's surprised to find out who is on the other end, and she even makes plans for them to come to the house for lunch. Because she doesn't provide a day or a time, we can assume he's an alpha male who told her when he wanted his meal. She also doesn't. <laughs> she also doesn't provide her address. Uh, but statistically, she's like he's likely already been to the house to visit Blanche. So if an alpha male is the guy who calls up a house and is just like, "I'll be there at four, six o'clock for dinner," exactly. Where are you at on like on the Greek alphabet as far as meals? <laughs> Prepare a meal. I would like lamb chops or loin, loin of pork. I think Brent would be more like, I'll be over there whenever you deem appropriate with mm-hmm. the meal that you choose. Exactly. <laughs> at, at most, I would be, could sometime in the third quarter we have pot pie? <laughs> <laughs> it can even be store-bought. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd pot expect you to eaten? roll out some Bisquick for me. Right. <laughs> Have you ever made a pot pie? Yeah. That seems like a Brent thing to make. Yeah. I used to make them for my old roommates all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I knew you could use Bisquick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite ingredient? I, I always made turkey pot pies for them. Turkey good? Yep. Like the cube turkey or like? Yeah, yeah. Um, by the big turkey breasts. Cook them up and dice and everything. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, I, I, for a long time I've always thought that if something happened to the wives, um, that Ski would be my cohabitation partner, but... Mm-hmm. Pot pies, you've moved up the list quite substantially. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Now, does this include all wives have to go? What's uh, well, I mean, my assumption is that Helena wouldn't want us to live as a thruple. So So I'm assuming that, yeah, that it would have to be a situation where, yeah, yeah. Whichever wives are, you know, whichever guys are moving in together, the wives are no longer in the picture. Yeah. Uh, so the other Goldens inquire about who was on the phone, and they remind Dorothy that whenever she speaks with a gentleman caller, she sweats like a pig and giggles like a schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Dorothy tells the Goldens that her 11th grade English teacher, Mr. Gordon, has retired in the Brooklyn diaspora, has grown a little more within the Miami-Dade County. Uh, Dorothy says that Mr. Gordon is looking to spend some social time with her, and Sophia offers up the fact that Dorothy, while still underage, had a crush on Mr. Gordon. She graded his papers, did his laundry, and rotated his tires. Once you realize the lengths teenage Dorothy would go to to please a man, you start to realize that Stan probably didn't have to work too hard to get her in that back seat. Yeah, I'd say not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Blanche tells the Goldens that she, too, has made advances towards an educator. Uh, she confesses that she once had a fling with a psychology professor, but she misremembers it and says he was a calculus teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> so. I was just waiting for the, uh, the parallel. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All Road played episode one, season 20. <laughs> Flip you said episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not used to going to that well, apparently. <laughs> Never. <laughs> So Rose enters the kitchen and announces that she's the new associate producer of Wake Up, Miami. The previous associate producer, Harold Goldstein, quit and instead of turning in a two-week notice, turned in his nameplate. Uh, just as a side note, how many nameplate makers do you think have lost their job since 2020? I bet that's an industry that doesn't bounce back. Yeah, I would think not. I mean, I know there's a, a place near here that makes trophies, and I would assume mm -hmm. they probably also make nameplates and whatnot, but mm -hmm. recently it went out of business. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if a place uh, in today's day and age, in the in the day and age of a, the participation trophy is mm -hmm. going out of business, yeah, yeah. that really does say how much that nameplate uh -huh. um, revenue was keeping them afloat. Exactly. <laughs> I was counting on that. Exactly. Um, I feel partly to blame for that. Because, um, like, once I bought my 200th World's Greatest Dad trophy for myself, <laughs> I was like, enough's enough. <laughs> I'm just running out of room for all these exactly. trophies. <laughs> exactly. I'd buy myself one every time I made a pot pie for my family. <laughs> now do you just take them and have them bronzed or whatnot? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The bronze business is just booming yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Rose tells the Goldens that uh, they have their first production meeting and their next episode is going to involve four ladies who live together. They've got 50% of the guests booked and they're looking for two more panelists to round out the episode. It's decided that Blanche and Dorothy satisfy the ladies who live together criteria and that they'll be on the show. Uh, Blanche said she's looking forward to the exposure when we finally learn what happened to Toshiro. Anything? <laughs> Well, I don't know if there was any particular lines that uh, I thought really <clears throat> stood out that you, you know, completely mm -hmm. skipped over. Um, gotcha. You at least touched on them. Um, Sophia kind of mentioned that, she, like, because uh, she asked if she could be on the show, too, and uh, yeah. said, no, no, only two people are needed. Mm -hmm. And then, then she says something like, well, if I can't do it, Dorothy won't. Yeah. And Dorothy immediately was like, what time do you want me there? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but I think you got it pretty well. Okay. Agreed. Cool. So the next section of the episode starts with Rose complimenting Dorothy's appearance. Uh, Dorothy tells Rose that she's dressed like one of Ski's Kansas City whores because <laughs> Mr. Gordon's coming over for lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Sophia mocks Dorothy for being hot for teacher. Dorothy says she ain't talking about love. The doorbell rings, and Dorothy tells the little dreamer that she can join their lunch. Dorothy answers the door. Love walks in, and you know it won't be long until Dorothy and Sophia are running with the devil to Villani. I'm assuming dessert <laughs> is pound cake, but perhaps they stopped the ice cream man when he passed by. I would have to deconstruct that whole paragraph to see how many song titles were in there. There were seven. There seven. Were seven. Yes. Wow. A lesser podcast would go for the easy Van Halen and move on. Not me. Doing the deep dive. <laughs> Uh, so Dorothy introduces Mr. Gordon, who now goes by Malcolm, to the other Goldens. He remembers Sophia, and we find out that Phil also made an impression. 
He's new to Rose and Blanche, and they can see why the underage Dorothy would be smitten with this older gentleman. It's explained that there was only a six-year difference between him and Dorothy at the time, although that qualifies as an explanation. It shouldn't be mistaken for an excuse. Uh, Rose makes an equivalency between an adult dating a child and a cow dating a child. I didn't quite follow the point, so I cannot say whether or not it was a false equivalency. Uh, Dorothy, Mr. Gordon, and Sophia what finally... What if it was a hot cow? What is a hot cow? <laughs> so what if it was a hot cow? Uh, then you can understand why Charlie left the house to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So he, so he <laughs> like, that got the car and everything, right? Uh-huh. Where he was like, listen, I, listen, baby, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't leave you with nothing. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You brought me too much pleasure. <laughs> right. Uh, so once I'm in the ground, then I don't care who knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now we know why uh, Rose killed him with sex. Yeah, it could be. So I'd like to think that, um, you know, Rose got the milk for her uh, for her cake from that cow. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the last bucket? Yeah, just, <laughs> just to add that little extra dose of sadness. <laughs> Man, we're going dark. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so Dorothy, Mr. Gordon, and Sophia <laughs> finally head out to the lanai for their lunch uh, because she knows what he's after. Sophia brings along pictures of an underage Dorothy. Uh, so we transition to the lanai. Dorothy, Sophia, and Mr. Gordon have finished their lunch. Sophia puts the photo album in front of Mr. Gordon and breaks out the money shots of a nine-year-old Dorothy. Dorothy sends Sophia off for some coffee, and we find out that it does a number on Sophia's colon. It kind of makes us wonder why she's not using coffee as a solution to her once-per-week bowel movement problem. Yeah, right, it does yeah. Sound like, I, mean, I think she's talking about it up to <clears throat> 10 days um, <laughs> at a time, and, exactly. and if coffee gets her going that quickly, then... Yeah. Should have been the easy choice, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So after Sophia leaves the room, Dorothy and Mr. Gordon have a heart-to-heart about how Dorothy felt when she was around Mr. Gordon and how Mr. Gordon has never stopped thinking about how lovely the underage Dorothy was. I know, super <laughs> creepy, right? Yeah. Uh, she asks him if he's going to spend his retirement doing more than thinking of the jailbait version of her, and <laughs> he says he's going to do a bit of writing. In fact, he's got a book review due the following week. He says he says he's having a hard time getting started, and Dorothy offers to help him finish. They... <laughs> They make plans to meet up at the TV studio the next morning. It seems like an odd place to get some work done until you remember that Kent Zbornak will be there, and through him, all things are possible. <laughs> uh, anything? Do, do you think that his name, I mean, now that you're bringing up Kent again, <laughs> do you think that's where the Zbornak name oh, came totally from to begin is. with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He gave him permission up okay. front. Very Wikipedia nice. even says so, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I didn't look that part up. Yep. I caught that. I, I noticed that like in a real early episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought we talked about it before, but mm-hmm. maybe not. If we did, I don't recall. Yep. But I'm glad it's being full circle now. Yep. It is. He's Indeed, the, it is. He's the namesake of Bornek. <laughs> the original, the OZ. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so we transition to the aforementioned House of Kent. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche are getting ready for the show to begin when Mr. Gordon shows up bearing gifts. He gives Dorothy a dozen roses and tulips. <laughs> he tells Dorothy they're for her television debut because apparently he's never seen her grab that dough. Uh, so the, I've spent the last 10 days doing my neck thing, <laughs> just practicing. Right. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, oh, thank God I got another hour to practice this tonight. <laughs> And even after all that practice, it still threw you off a little bit when you were done. I'm like, I just like, I just still try to find your place again. I'm not used to the physical comedy. Right. <laughs> well, just rest assured that all listeners appreciate more than anything. Exactly. They were all uh, sort of visualizing a men on film they, type yeah, they, <laughs> finger snap. They could, they could see it in their mind's eye. 
That's uh, such an obscure reference now. It really is. <laughs> what? Men on film. Do you remember that? Like three snaps from In Oh, Color. In Loving Color, yeah. yeah. Mm. I do remember that. Mm. Uh, so the show within the show that this show is recapping begins, <laughs> and we're introduced to Ron, that show's host. Ron announces that their theme is lesbians, and he goes to a commercial. This gives Dorothy and Blanche a chance to figure out that Rose misunderstood what the show's about. Apparently, they were somewhat vague about what they were looking for. It doesn't matter. They could have told her that they were looking for lesbians, and she would have booked Danny Thomas. <laughs> um, well, that's a good throwback. It Thank is you. a good throwback. I feel like it was uh, Blanche. It was Blanche. The Lebanese, yeah. It was. It was Blanche, but... I was like, well, it's the best I got. <laughs> Still well remembered. <laughs> yes, so. thank you. Uh, so the show within the show that this show is recapping <laughs> returns from commercial, and Ron does introductions. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche are identified as lesbians, and Pat and Kathy are introduced as a couple of image consultants. Ron immediately goes to the audience for questions, and after some rando asks about role-playing, Sophia gets a chance to insult Blanche and then be put in her place by Dorothy. The rest of the show within the show that this show is recapping happens off-camera, but we can assume it goes just as well. Yeah, I did really enjoy the line in there. You know, before they go on the air, uh-huh. uh, and Blanche says that every says that every man she knows is watching, and Rose uh, replies, "Every man you know is watching." Hey, we could beat the prices right. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> one Door the ads like we can't kill you because there are cameras, cameras around. Right. Yeah, uh, that was solid too. My favorite line uh, of the episode actually was in there. Uh, Sophia asks, you know, her questions, and one of them is, you know. To Dorothy, uh, you know, what kind of shame has this <laughs> lifestyle brought to your mother, <laughs> right? And she's like, I don't know, but I'll ask her tomorrow when I visit her in the home. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that too. And she's like, no more questions. Yep. Yeah, that was solid. <laughs> so we transition back to the Golden's Palace and a kettle whistles on the stove. Uh, we learn that Blanche has received 20 phone calls uh, from lesbians looking for a crack in that Southern Belle. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Is that that wordplay you enjoy? <laughs> I do it. I love it. <laughs> Alexander would be proud. <laughs> exactly. You're like, that's a Oscar Wilde type shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia enters and, feeling generous, decides to tell Dorothy that the word on the street is that she can do better than Blanche. I'm not sure I agree with Gladys, but it was still nice of Sophia to say. Dorothy agrees, but because she's not finished Mr. Gordon's book review, she cannot pursue that line of thought. Dorothy returns her focus to her Tandy Model 100 because, as we all remember, those four AA batteries were lucky to last the 20 hours we say, were crossed. I don't know that I've ever seen that device she was typing on. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was the Tandy Model 100. Did you what? have a Tandy? No, I did not. Um, but <coughs> you have no it, idea how, how close you got to a deep dive on the Tandy Model 100. <laughs> do, do you know about it or anything? Do you yeah, know how yeah. it works? Uh, yeah. Does, it, does it have like a little view screen where yeah, you can see yeah. what you're typing? Yeah, you can see like three, two, three sentences, you know, and then like that's all you can see. Mm-hmm. And then you can save and then you can hook it up to a printer and print or you could um, use the 300 baud modem in order and to it send just it saves, someplace. Is this basically the saving for like a single document or something? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just the one document because um, it had um, <clears throat> the standard model had eight bits of RAM and then 16 bits of ROM, but you could get an upgrade to 16 bits of RAM and then 32 bits of ROM. Uh, but, you know, that's that's pricey. 
You so. knew extensively more than I expected. Okay. Again, we we started down the road to the deep dive. I but was going to ask. It got really, really dry, really, really quick. <laughs> well, and then we find out later that the article wasn't all that long anyway. So yeah, I, I fell asleep for a moment while you're just talking about the RAM and the ROM. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, there was no way for me to spice that up. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess this information is going to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Sophia is annoyed that Dorothy is letting Mr. Gordon take advantage of her. Uh, <clears throat> she tells Dorothy that she's no longer an underage girl, and so she doesn't have to let him take advantage of her. Uh, Dorothy, <laughs> sa- <laughs> Dorothy says that Mr. Gordon is under a bit of pressure, and she's going to ensure he finishes on time. The Goldens start to discuss Dorothy and the lips she's been kissing. Apparently, he kisses with his eyes open, and this excites the other Goldens. Personally, I'm an eyes-closed kind of guy, but mainly because I'm afraid I'll catch my own reflection and lose my mojo. <laughs> Not only the fact, but I feel like eyes open indicates, a, I don't know, a murder or something. Exactly. <laughs> That's some sociopath behavior. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I was, I was confused by the fact that they all are like, oh, good. Exactly. <laughs> like, it never once occurred to me to even keep my eyes open. Right. But I don't know. Well, especially that close, you can't see anything anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, now it kind of makes me wonder, is like, have I ever swooped somebody who kept their eyes open? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that there's only one person I know that you smooch that may be psychopathic enough <laughs> to keep their eyes open? <laughs> yeah. I don't so know everybody sh- you smooch, but I know a couple anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Should, I, I propose that we all do an experiment. Okay. Next time we kiss our wives, we keep our eyes like creepily open. Like, <laughs> No, I, I'm always praying for another kiss, and that would <laughs> ruin it. <laughs> She's like, no more. <laughs> what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Hey, you get a restraining order on you. I'm on the smooching thin ice. I don't want (laughs) to. Not worth the uh, the experiment, huh? Exactly. Exactly. The data is not worth the cost. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, uh, Dorothy says that when Mr. Gordon kissed her, she thought, "Oh, Mr. Gordon." Personally, I think that if in the heat of the moment you're thinking of the other person's title, there's probably a power imbalance in that relationship. (laughs) Uh, Sophia tells Dorothy that she's heard enough. Uh, She says that Dorothy is being taken advantage of and she doesn't like it. She then follows it up with being tolerant of Blanche doing out-of-towners because it's good for tourism. Sophia better not let the governor... She better not let the governor know that she's supportive of the gays. He'll try to build a prison next door to the Golden's Palace in hopes of driving down (laughs) Blanche's tourism dollars. (laughs) Uh, so anyways, we transition to out of the blue, uh, Blanche forgiving Rose. Uh, Blanche says that there are thousands, hundreds, and millions of men out there who don't think she's a lesbian. She'll just start to target that D. Mm-hmm. So Rose and Blanche's cold war is over, and Blanche is heading out on a date. The doorbell rings, and local melon aficionado Chuck is there to pick up Blanche. Mm-hmm. Blanche starts to make introductions, and Chuck says he already knows the others. He was watching Blanche on the telly. She's confused about why he asked her out if he thought she was a lesbian. Chuck tells her that it's a challenge accepted type situation. <laughs> he said he's man enough to be the Garcia Lopez de Cardenas that discovers her Grand Canyon. That's right. Uh, good, good, good call back to your, thank you. to your recap. Exactly. I've got a challenge accepted uh, comment after you're done. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so you guys watch much of uh, How I Met Your Mother? Mm-hmm. Well, not. I've, I watched it previously all the way through, yeah. but oh, really? I don't currently watch I, I've seen little bits here and there, but mm-hmm. I get the reference. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't remember the character that said it all the time. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Doogie Howser's character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was awesome that it turns out that he's gay and like he was just a womanizer on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yep. was, mm-hmm. He was a womanizer in the Harold and Kumar movies, too. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, 
I've been watching the How I Met Your Father. It's good. good. It? Yeah, so good. Um, Helena and I watched the first like two, three episodes together. Who, who's yeah. on that one? Um, um, I'm gonna get it wrong. It's the Duff girl. Is it Haley or Hillary? Oh, okay, I, I think Hillary Duff. Yeah, she's the older one. Like, is there a younger one named Haley? Yeah, I think Hillary's the older one. Okay, so, so it's the older one. Okay, yeah. it's her and um, I think a boy who was in some type of show like Sweet Life or something like that maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. like Zach and Cody. Type yeah, thing. something. Okay. Yeah, um, and they're all Kim adults Cattrall. now, which is cre- kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. I enjoy it. Uh, Helena bailed off the first three, so I've been finishing it on my or watching <laughs> it weekly on my. Is own. it just one uh, season? I think they just wrapped up their, if not their second season, oh, wow. then like the midpoint of the second season, gotcha. and they'll have a part two of season two at some okay. point. At some point, I don't know. <clears throat> I just know that Hulu tells me when I got a new one, right? So, and it's been a while. <laughs> It'll let you know. It will. It will. Thank you, Hulu. <laughs> uh, my so Blanche tells the. Blanche likes the effort that Chuck is willing to put into this, and so she kicks Dorothy to the curb. Uh, Dorothy gives Chuck a lighthearted punch on the shoulder, but more importantly, her blessing. She just wants Blanche to be happy. (laughs) The doorbell rings once more, and it's Mr. Gordon. He stopped by to dangle his article in Dorothy's face. Uh, Dorothy's excited to see it until she realizes that she's already (laughs) seen it. She saw it when she typed it up on the Tandy Model 100 that she'd bought at Radio Shack for $800 at some point after 1983. $300. Three hundred dollars. Also, think about how expensive that was in those days. Dollars. I mean, that mm-hmm. would be like, especially for the Golden Girls. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. always trying to scrape together a few cents. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think eight hundred dollars in ninety-two money is now? Like, at least probably twelve hundred dollars, right? Oh yeah, at least. Maybe yeah. probably higher than that. But. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe he lent it to her to help him with doing his job. Could yeah. be. Let's hope. I mean, probably thirty-two hundred. I would say. Oh yeah. Because if you consider like a like a gallon of gas was probably a buck. You know, yeah, but I mean, that feels yeah, not like everything inflates at the same rate, though. Yeah, I don't know. it's also for demand and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They so, had more dinosaurs back then. So that's know. true. <laughs> that's true. There, there were more left over at that point. <laughs> there were. Um, I think we used up the last of our supply making the good dinosaur. Ah, so I don't know how those Pixar sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is a shame that that's what we got as our last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was that a bad movie? I never saw it. It was okay. I wouldn't call it bad, but I, if you kind of think about Pixar, it's mm-hmm. it's right yeah. near the bottom, like Cars 2 and then yeah. that. I always refer to it as a land before time torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you piques Keith's interest. Yeah, right, yeah I'll be watching that tonight. <laughs> exactly. That'll uh, be on Disney, right? <laughs> it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So Dorothy points out that Mr. Gordon didn't give her a co-writing credit. He said that it's embarrassing to give a woman credit for the work a man is supposed to be doing. Uh, that's all Dorothy <laughs> needed to hear. Uh, this time, she's the one kicking someone to the curb. And then we transition to Dorothy and Sophia making up. As is usually the case when men are involved, this includes Dorothy telling Sophia that she was right. It's gone the other way, but it's generally Dorothy who needed to learn a lesson about the men folk. Yeah. Luckily for her, Sophia doesn't plan on being put out on the curb anytime soon. The credits start to roll, and while names are scrolling by, only two of which are Kent Spornak, uh, the Golden's doorbell rings one last time. It's Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's there to let the Dor- uh, Dorothy know that the local lesbian community knows she's back on the market, and she'd like to be the next person that gets to ride the Coney Island cyclone. Dorothy tells her that it's too soon. And with this final button scene, we have something that we've never had before. A golden has finally appeared in every single scene of an episode. 
Every moment this week, whether it was the A or B featured Dorothy, we've had Goldens appear in multiple storylines before, but never before have we had a Golden with dialogue in every single scene. Really? Yep. Uh, perhaps this was to make up for Dorothy being MIA because of that romantic vacation a few weeks back. Yeah, she wasn't uh, around yeah. much. Or perhaps it was because they were trying to entice B. Arthur into sticking around for another season, but this was the most any single character has dominated an episode. That's interesting. Did yeah. you notice My at verdict, the very end, mm-hmm. I think it was this episode, um... She says something to her about, uh, so she's talking to Sophia, and she says something about when she's 70, she said, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? She won't. Right. <laughs> I don't know exactly how the season ends, because I've not watched the rest of the season, but I do know she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a handful of guest actors now. Well done on your recap, by the way. Oh, yes, you. very fun. Oh, thank you. Excellent recap in general. Oh, thank you. So we had a... Jack Bannon, he played Chuck. Yeah. Uh, 96 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girl. Mm-hmm. Had a 22 episodes of Santa Barbara, 36 episodes of Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Mm. Um, 114 episodes of Art Donovan on Lou Grant. Mm. Um, and then he had uh, seven episodes where he was uh, fessing up with Bess Parker on Daniel Boone. <laughs> nice. How about that? <laughs> so, uh, we also had a uh, Phil Proctor. He played Ron. Mm-hmm. 332 titles for him. Um, this is only Golden Girls. He also, though, is in One Golden Palace, mm-hmm. uh, although I think he's a different character. Yeah. Uh, now, he has mostly been a voice actor, mm-hmm. and he has to be one of the most unknown yet prolific Disney voice actors ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. These, I'll read you off the Disney main, you know, like a, what do you call it, theater movie um, mm-hmm. that he's been in. Uh, Princess and the Frog. Uh, Treasure Planet, Monsters, Inc., A Bug's Life, Tarzan, Toy Story 1 and 2, Hercules, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Um, and then he was also in Porco Rosso and Spirited Away, which aren't Disney, yeah. but you know, they're the ones who distribute it. Yeah. And then he also, one time, also fessed up with Fess Parker <laughs> in an episode <laughs> of Daniel Boone. But nice. it was someone I've never heard of, but he's got to be... Borderline Disney legend to mm-hmm. just have had yeah. s- even small parts in yeah. that many big giant Disney yeah. movies. What, what do they call their Hall of Fame? For like, what is it called? It's the um, Twenty Three Club or something. Or well, there is the D Twenty Three, and mm-hmm. but I feel like they have some other name for their, uh, you know, like Julie Andrews and people like legends. that. Legends, I think yeah. it's their Legends. Disney oh, Legends is what yeah. they call them, um, I believe. So yeah. yeah, which is pretty much what you just called them. Yeah, <laughs> although he's he's someone who is. Kind of unknown-ish. Yeah, like exactly. I've never heard of him, um, yeah. and none of the characters he played. It wasn't like he played, you know, a yeah, really Pumbaa or yeah. Lion King. He wasn't or... playing Kronk. Yeah, but apparently he knew somebody who kept getting him into <laughs> yeah. those little roles. Um, it's probably easy, good work if you can get it. Oh, right. absolutely, absolutely. Sit around and talking to a microphone. Yeah, I'd take that job, <laughs> especially if it paid. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, definitely if it paid. Oh, here's my line. It's coming up. It's coming up. They'd be like, Oh, no. <laughs> Did you hear it? How'd I do? They'd be like, Do you have any experience sitting around talking into a microphone? And I'd be like, No. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it would give you a better chance than it than Exactly. <laughs> They'd look into it, find out where it's from. Exactly. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, Listen to this clip of me saying, Grab that dough. <laughs> do you think that you should uh, consider. Starting to use more voices to, you know, enhance your, uh, you know, portfolio <laughs> for your future <laughs> voice acting career. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did a used a voice the other day. Um, I forget the context. Uh, like 
I, long story short, you know, I was talking to Helena and Cassidy, my normal voice or whatever. And then at some point I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> like that. And our poor dog comes running like he thought there was a stranger in the bedroom. <laughs> He's just looking around all confused. What? <laughs> See, if Ski had randomly used a, a voice, I would assume it would have been to make fun of a minority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's a grandpa. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, well, we also had uh, Sarah Arnold. She yeah. played Pat. 23 titles for her. Uh, this was her only Golden Girls, but she does have three episodes of uh, Empty Nest as Laureline. Mm, yes. um, Is that the nurse's sister? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know that she was in three episodes. Gotcha. So same character, though. Uh, she was also in, uh, let's see. Laverne's sister, maybe? Laverne? That sounds. That would sound like a good yeah. good match. Um, and three episodes is enough for someone to be in as a little guest spot here and right. there, or exactly. for one little arc. Mm-hmm. Yep. But she was also in the, uh, the Positively True Adventure of the Alleged Texas Cheerleading Murdering Mom. Oh, was that with... Um, What's her name? Yep, and uh, she played Florence. I'd <laughs> say, <laughs> so, what's who's, her name? I have no idea. I just thought it was a funny name for, uh, for oh, a show. With the voice, Natasha Leone. Oh, was she in that? I, she might have been. Okay, well, I hope she was. Is it yeah. a recent show, then? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, if it was, then Natasha Leone would have been relatively young. Oh, gotcha. Because, um, I mean, she she's was maybe a little she's about our age. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah. anyway, there was also... Uh, you said it was the incredible true story of the... The positively true adventure of the alleged Texas cheerleading murdering mom. Or you could look up Sarah Arnold and pull it off of her IMDB page. She only has 23 credits, so it's not too hard of a look. While you're looking up that, we also had a James T. Callahan. He played Malcolm. 166 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. By far, I think the thing most known for is his 104 episodes of Charles in Charge as Walter Powell. This thing had a murderer's row of talent. Oh, that, that movie? Yeah. And when did it come out? Uh, it came out in 1993. Okay. Alleged murderer's row. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that skit. <laughs> so, people who were in this movie that I enjoy watching on, you know, the big or small screen. Okay. Okay. Include Holly Hunter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bo Bridges. Swoozy Kurtz. Who? Swoozy Kurtz. I don't know who that is. Uh, she was in the you Talking Heads her. movie, uh, True Stories, and she was on Mike and Molly. Uh, Greg Henry. Uh, Matt Frewer. Uh, Richard Schiff. Giovanni Rabisi. Hmm. Andy Richter. And Johnny Carson. Wow. For just a second, I thought when you said uh, Andy Richter, and I felt bad to even think this because it's a guy I really like, and yeah. I... For just a second, Andy Dick is what came to my oh. mind. And I was like, you really like him? Yeah. <laughs> like, that surprised me, but uh, that's Swoozie Kurtz there. Okay, yeah, I definitely yeah, recognize recognizable, her. But, yeah. She's uh, a tiny lady. And then, I, I don't know. She's I mean, been in a lot of things. I, yeah. I think she's right. on that Show Me Cat movie, or oh, really? TV show now, with uh, the Maya Malik. Oh, very cool. Blossom. Um, and then, uh, of course, saving the best for last, uh, mm-hmm. Kent Bornack. Yeah. Played Kent, 59 titles for him, four as an actor. This is his only Golden Girls, but we do get to see him again on Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting that of his four shows, all of them are something that Brent would have interest in because they got Golden Girls, Golden Palace, the Larry Sanders Show, and mm-hmm. News Radio. Yep. So that's a yep. 100% hit rate for yep. Brent. And he worked on those others as well. Oh, yeah. I figured yeah. he had done quite oh, a bit more than that. No stage manager oh. for News Radio and Larry Sanders. Oh, is that what you were saying, though? He actually appeared on those? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But just one episode each, you know, just kind of similar to what he did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, season seven, guys, it's mm-hmm. now or never. Yep. <laughs> so ski. You don't, you don't get a SAG card for being a stage manager. Right. <laughs> got to be in front of the camera every once in a while. Uh, so ski, who got your MVP for this episode? I gave it to Harold Goldstein. Oh, really? Slash Rose. Rose, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard there. Um, well, well done. You're like, was Harold Gould in this one? <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, when he first started it, I was like, this was not a mild yeah. episode. Ski's confused. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, it's only a matter of time before he comes doddering. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm mostly way there now. Right. I did also want to uh, jump on the bandwagon from uh, Britain who talked about all the awesome stuff that happened on you know, uh, January 11th, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also 111, which is a number that happens to haunt me yeah. and reappear quite a few times in my life. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, to add more ones to the pile, uh, we talk about how uh, Dorothy was in 11th grade when she uh, met up with her dreamy teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to add that on. A lot of ones there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Brent, who got your MVP for this one? I have to give it to Dorothy. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't much care for the you know, whatever, but you know, I think B. Arthur appeared every time, so she sort of gets like the Lou Gehrig, Cal yeah. Ripken type thing. I had given it to Rose, but I'm taking it back now and giving it to Dorothy. I didn't yeah. realize that she had this distinction of being yeah. the only mm-hmm. act, the only actor in the cast that had pulled off that feat. So yeah. Now, how did recognize. you figure that out, or did you read it somewhere? Yeah, I was just watching. Like, so did you go back and watch all the rest and then watch no, the future no, sure. no, no, this is just something I always just sort of Keep an eye out for it. Oh, like okay. somebody he who's memorizes like, enough stuff. I believe it's probably true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, that's every time I drop a pack of uh, toothpicks, he knows exactly how many there are there. It's <laughs> <laughs> assuming there's fewer than 12. Right. <laughs> um, so, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake did this episode earn for you? I only gave it three. To oh, be quite wow. honest. I, I wasn't a huge fan. I think it's because, partly because of. Uh, the fact that the teacher was such a creeper, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that at the end they kind of, I don't want to say denigrate, but were a little bit insulting to uh, gay and lesbians. <laughs> That's true. Like, you just don't know what a real man is. Yeah, I don't know. Just as Brent talked me into a high, or talked me into Dorothy, you talked me down a bit on mine. I gave it a six because I thought I enjoyed oh, well. it. But well, now if after... you enjoyed it, you enjoy it. I mean, that's that was just the impression well, I got. The, the stuff you just said, though, I'm going to knock it down to five. It mm. wouldn't be in contention anyway, so it's a really inconsequential yeah. um, change. But, you mm-hmm. know, in solidarity, I'll always go down one after. <laughs> cool. How about you, Brent? I'm just going to stick with my four. four. Yeah, just middle of the road. So you three, know. four, five? Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I didn't think this was going to be competing at the end. Maybe I was just in a little bit of a generous mood when I first gave it my rating. Mm-hmm. Because after re-listening to it and looking at my own notes for what yeah. great lines there were, there weren't that many great lines. Yeah. So yeah, even that five might be generous, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so we get through another episode, another a uh, little bit closer to the final episode of Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we still have Golden Palace after this, yep. so so we still have a little ways. It to is go. crazy to think that the the show we're starting with is almost over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's surprising. Um, on the one hand, it's surprising that we're this close to the end of, of that series. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it feels like we've been doing it for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I just hope that Pickney appreciates how much we've broken you in. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he was a novice when we pulled him off the streets. <laughs> and now look at him. Right. He, he is a journeyman. <laughs> exactly. He's a poster boy for Stitcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There has to be a low end 
um, podcasting service that I could be the poster boy for. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, I don't have anything else today. Do either of you guys before I close it out? No. Can't be anything else. All right. Well, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.